0: Put your hands together for the Lord and please, you may take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You are welcome to church. Are we happy to be in church? Did you invite anybody this morning when you were coming? Oh, you invited somebody. So where's the person you invited? Okay. Make sure next week you don't come alone. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't come alone. It's not, it's not nice to go to a nice place alone. You know. Even when people are going to Benin, they don't go alone. Uh, when they are doing the Benin acquaintance, they don't go alone. How is it that you are coming to church and you want to come alone? The place where there's nothing good, Even that one, when they are going, they go with somebody. When you are in the world, or as you are trying to leave the world, when you are going for your parties, do you go alone? Yeah. The party, no they be, if you are alone. You have to go with somebody that you can gossip with. Somebody you can look or concern with. Somebody you can laugh with. Somebody you can be comfortable with. Is that not the case? Yeah. Yeah. So when you are going to church, don't go alone. You are coming here, don't come alone. Come with somebody you are comfortable with. Amen. Mm. Come with somebody that when the word hits you, you look at the person and say, oh, And they will coming. Past. Or you turn to the person and say, Hey, this one they are your own. Home. You understand? As you are going home, you must have somebody you are chatting with that. Like Charlie, when Pastor said this one. I knew that uh, you know you must have somebody like that that you talk with after church. Amen. I said amen. So next week, don't come alone. I need, I need to see your after church gossip partner. Nipa na be gossip about the word. Charlie, the word was powerful. Today the Pastor is you must have somebody. I have somebody like that. When I when I listen to a word and it hits me and it piamia, I have somebody I talk to. <laughs> the word, hmm. We thought we were doing it all, but the way the man is putting it, you no, know, you know, We must start all over again. Because it helps you to analyze the word better. It helps you. Because when you live here. Now, and you don't talk about the word again, you can easily forget. But if you have somebody with you who listen to the word with you, and then you make it a point that after the service, as we are going, we would digest the word that we heard. It makes it easier. Then somebody who understood something you didn't understand will be able to explain to you, oh, no, 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 no. It was rather like this. Oh, okay, me too. I understood it like this. Then it, it, it makes it stronger it drums the word in better but if you take you, you take the word alone you take the word alone then you go and sit in your car and you are going by the time you cross over here you go and sit somewhere have your sunday afternoon um um sunday afternoon they face the wall no then you are forgotten the word by monday you are insulting the drivers in traffic are we in church I'm just advising you how I do it so that I maintain my spirituality maintain my holiness are you understanding me I I hope you understand what I'm saying and then sometimes the person you will bring will hear a word that will make the person decide that no this lady I have to marry her hello I've I've started preaching I've started preaching you know by the time you realize you've invited somebody who doesn't even know what to do with his life doesn't know then the person hears a word as he's sitting by you says ah if this lady brought me to a place like this to hear this word she must be a good person i have to decide quickly yeah yeah here comes the bride hello so I need people to start thinking. Stop thinking even about the church. Be selfish for yourself. I am bringing this person because I need somebody I can discuss the word of God with. I need somebody who can hold me accountable sometimes. And say that, I want na pastor preach it, that word. We were there together when we heard this word. So why are you behaving this way? You need somebody who will hold you accountable. And I I have somebody who holds me accountable. Hello? The first time I found um, the person I wanted to marry, the first place I took her was the church. The first outing I ever did with my girlfriend at the time was to a church program. So if a man wants to marry you, and the first outing, he wants to take you to signature, They want to show you where people smoke where people drink where people go to cold room it's like this man but he has been through things so but but that, what i'm saying does it sound familiar to you oh, 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 do, do you know somebody who has been there before No, not you i know that you you won't go there but do you know somebody who knows somebody who has been to that place before ah okay It's, it's first person singular hallelujah so that's one of the reasons or two or three of the reasons why you must you must come to church with somebody don't come alone husband don't leave your wife in the house and come to church wife don't leave your husband in the house to watch whatever he wants to watch and come to church even if even if he or she has a hangover bring him to church we'll remove the hanging Hmm. i've not opened the bible but i'm preaching Uh, i'm preaching i need i need i need people to stop thinking about the church and think about themselves stop thinking about the building, stop thinking about the place think about yourself one of the reasons why I, I used to take my girlfriend to church was so that the man of God by the word of God would speak something that would help her to help me it was usually a selfish decision and I still do it because it's not everything you can say yourself but when the word of God says it the word has said it. As we are going home, and then the thing begins to manifest, I'll just put the message on. Are you understanding me? I'll just put the message on and try and get to the place where the things were said. Then I'll, I'll slow it down on that side. I'll play, then I'll rewind. I'll play, it. I'll rewind. i say, hey, this word is nice. Then I'll rewind. I'll rewind. By the fifth time, the person has received the message. Next time, no. On yes and your so most of the time don't think about other people think about yourself I need somebody who would hold me accountable so as a husband if I bring my wife to church and then I hear that husbands do this do this, do this Christian men don't do this don't do this, don't do this when we get home and I'm manifesting there's somebody who will say that oh I thought the Bible said this oh. I'm not saying it, but I, I thought the Bible said this. Let's read it together. Or just play Facebook Live. The message that was preached. Just play it. Put it in the house. Let it be played. Like the way you used to do ekutia in the compound house that you used to live in. Do you remember? <laughs> Alright. Alright. So... So that's the reason why you must bring somebody who will hold you accountable. Who would, who would cover you when your things are coming. I want to start a new series. <laughs> uh, you are expecting multiplying wisdom. We have moved. Tell somebody we have moved. I'll, I'll one day come back to the multiplying wisdom, but I've had a lot of, a lot of good testimonies about the multiplying wisdom. But um, I believe that God, God wants us to shift to another place. And so today I would, I would attempt to introduce a new topic. But I'm praying that all those of us who were following the multiplying wisdom will begin to work with it because if you don't work with it, it doesn't multiply. The word works only when you work it. Are you here? The word works only when you work it. If you don't work the word, it doesn't work. The word does not work just by copying it. The word does not work just by hearing it. The word works when you work it. When you do it. When you activate it. Its its potency, its power is manifested when you begin to work with it. So if you know it, if you know it and you don't do it, it becomes pollution to you. If you know so much, if you eat so much and you don't release it for anything, it becomes toxic in your system. Have you seen somebody who has had constipation before who is a very happy person? Yeah. Constipation doesn't make people happy. When you are eating and nothing is coming out, it's like when you are hearing the word, you are soaking in the word, but you are not activating the word. You are not doing anything with the word. You can never be a happy person. And then you begin to complain that, power You will never feel the power in the church when you are not doing the word. You will never feel it. Because in the same place, others who are using the word are seeing results. So, those who are seeing the results, what power are they seeing? Because the word is the same. The fire of the word is the same. The power of the word is the same. The water of the word is the same. Everything about the word, the milk of the word is the same. It's a double edged sword, the same. But if you don't work it, it doesn't work. If you don't activate it, it doesn't work. If you don't do anything with it, it doesn't work. So, as you have had multiplying wisdom and as you have had draw, begin to work it, with it so that in the next couple of years, I will see my people who have multiplied. I said, by by the next few years, I will see men and women who have multiplied. They have multiplied their education. They have multiplied their business. They have multiplied their finances. They have multiplied their grace. They have multiplied their gift. They have multiplied their talent. I pray that God will cause you to multiply in the name of Jesus. But this time, I want to move to another area. I want to start talking about the series or the title the storm is over. 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 I believe that the Lord wants us to start talking about this one and start teaching people on what to do when the storm is over. Or how to operate after the storm or what happens after the storm. And I'm going to take my time in a couple of weeks to talk about this series. I have I have I have got a few things to say on that. And I believe God will give us revelation, wisdom, understanding to be able to dissect it properly. But the storm is over. And I'm not talking about COVID-19, even though we are we are talking in the season of COVID-19 a lot of things would apply to COVID but it's not only COVID we are talking about we are talking about the fact that the storm is over the storm is over the storm is over I pray that the storms in your life will be over in the name of Jesus I pray that the financial storms in your life will be over the 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 the, the marital storms in your life will be over the business storms in your life will be over. The ministerial storms in your life will be over. Every kind of storm in your life that keeps worrying you, it will be over in the name of Jesus. I pray and I speak over your life that every storm that has been shaking your family, shaking your business, shaking your ministry, shaking your children, shaking your everything, may that storm pass and may it be over in the name of Jesus. You are in a period of a storm, stormy relationship, stormy marriage, stormy business, stormy, stormy, stormy. Everything is very stormy and it's shifting and it's moving. I pray that the Lord will cause the storm to be over in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So I'll be talking about the storm is over, but the title for today is God can. God can. God can. So I'll be talking about the storm is over for a few weeks and today I'm talking about God can. And I'll start from the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah chapter 1. This man, Nehemiah, is the third and final leader to have returned the Israelites from their Babylonian exile and their destruction. And he was given a report of broken walls. So somebody, some people brought a report to Nehemiah. Of some broken walls and devastation of Jerusalem and this broke his heart and so he decided to return and rebuild so after the storm after the storm after the kidnapping after the problems after the breaking of the walls after the attacks by the Babylonian soldiers after everything that happened Nehemiah had to return to rebuild And the Bible says that the wall that Nehemiah returned to build, he built this wall in 52 days. And it's quite a, quite a record to have built that wall in 52 days. I just want to start talking about some of the things that Jeremiah had to do to be able to accomplish that great feat in 52 days. The things that he had to do to be able to rebuild, to be able to rebuild, restore, revive, restart, because all of us have places that we must rebuild. All of us have places where we must restore. All of, us, all of us have places where we must restart. All of us have places where we must revive. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you about how to do these things and how we can do this. And the fact that God can. Wherever you find yourself, I am here to announce to you that God can help you to rebuild. God can do it. God can do it. As to, God, as to whether God will do it's another thing. But God can do it. God can do it. If it is your marriage, God can do it. If it is your business, God can do it. If it is your finances, God can do it. If it is your spiritual life, which is a major issue for me, God can do it. People started being very spiritual. And then a storm hit them. And after the storm, they lost everything spiritual. They lost their prayer life. They lost their fasting life. They lost everything spiritual about their life. I came to tell you that God can rebuild it again. You set up your business. The storm came, shook it and brought it down. Now you don't have a business. You don't have employees. You don't have an income. I came to tell you that God can again. God can again. The same God who built it the first time is the same God who can help you again. If you believe it, say, I believe. believe. So Nehemiah had to go back and build this wall in 52 days. I want to describe the wall to you for you to understand how big this wall was, and then you would be able to receive the word better. The wall that I did my research is about 4,000 4, meters long. So the wall is about two and a half miles. Two and a half miles. Let's say from here to School Junction. Is that? Yeah. two and a half miles that way or even longer because this one is about one mile so you are doing two and a half miles that's the length of the wall that he built and then it's 12 meters high about 40 feet so it's from here to let's say One or so. Two and a half miles. And then the height, 40 feet. This is about maybe 12. So this pillar times three. That's the height of the wall. So he's building a wall that is about three times this height. And then the length is up to. A firewall somewhere there. And then the width. The width is about 8 feet. Are you seeing the picture? So the width of the wall is about from this corner to maybe here. That's how wide the wall is. So the wall is from this corner to this place. And then it goes all the way to and it's 40 feet high and it has 7 gates for traffic so that's the kind of wall that was built in 52 days so when our president said that they will build 88 hospitals in 8 months I believed it because what's your problem I'm not I'm telling you something that look I'm a Christian I believe these things If if Nehemiah built such and this wall had about 34 watchtowers so it had rooms in the wall and in all this 52 days If God could help Nehemiah to build such a great thing in 52 days I don't see how God will not help you to rebuild your life I don't see how God will not help you to rebuild your business. I don't see why God will not help you to rebuild your marriage. I don't see why God will not help you to rebuild your ministry. I don't see why God will not help you to rebuild your family. So I am here to encourage someone. I'm here to speak over someone. I'm here to teach someone how you can get God involved in rebuilding. Because it's time to rebuild. After COVID, you will rebuild. After the attack, we rebuild. After the spiritual attack, we rebuild. After the evil that the enemy does to us, we rebuild. After all the issues that you go through, you must make a decision that I'm going to rebuild. Tell somebody I'm going to rebuild. Take your seats. So every man, every woman must begin to have that decision in mind that I am going to rebuild. Whatever the enemy has destroyed, I'm going back to rebuild it. Don't look at it and walk away. Don't look at it and walk away. We've had so many people who look at things that are not working and they walk away and they run away. They look at the thing. this thing is going to be difficult, they run away. It's going to be difficult, they walk away. I came to tell you that stop running away, stop walking away, stop deserting the things that God has given you. Start fighting for the things that God has given you. Start rebuilding the things that God has given you. And I'm telling you that God can help you to rebuild. And God expects you to rebuild it. God expects you. So people came back to tell Nehemiah, we have been to the place, the thing is run down, the the walls are broken, there's desolation, the place is is, deserted. Nehemiah got heartbroken. I just enjoyed this message. Nehemiah 1-1, let me start. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel. Continue. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the cap- captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. So he's asking about the people that escaped, the people that have survived. He's asking about us, those who have escaped, those who didn't die in COVID 19, those who are not dead, those who are still standing, those who, whose marriages went down but they still stood. Those whose children were wayward but they still stood. Those whose businesses were, were were shaken but they still stood. Those whose things were not working but they still stood and were still working. He says that Hanani, one of the brethren, came with men from Judah and asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped. I asked them about people who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. What I have seen is that sometimes when people leave, they don't look back wishing good for the thing they have left. Go to verse (laughs) 3. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. Great distress. After the storm, this is what we see. After the storm, we see great distress and reproach. Great distress and reproach. After the storm of the marriage, you see distress and reproach. After the storm of the ministry, you see distress and reproach. After the storm of the business, you see distress and reproach. After the storm of your children, you see distress and reproach. After the storm that you go through, when you come out, you see distress and reproach. People look down on you, people disregard you. People who used to respect you, disrespect you now. People who used to love you, don't love you anymore people who wanted to be with you don't want to be with you anymore because you have gone through a divorce because you have lost a baby because things didn't go the way you were expecting because you lost your job people who used to eat from you now look at you and think that you are a witch or you are a wizard people who used to follow you and love you and honor you now see you and say that you are a false prophet you are not a good person you are a bad businessman you didn't have enough sense that's why you couldn't run your business well meanwhile these were people that you supported people you helped after the a storm, what happens is that the people are left with distress and reproach. Distress and reproach. Distress means that you don't, you, you, are, you, are, you are under a lot of stress and you don't even know what to do. And then there's a lot of reproach. Look at how he's suffering. If you are a sensible person, this is not what you'll be going through. How can somebody die in his church? He's not a called man. He is not a man of God. How can somebody die in his church? How can his children become wayward? He's not called by God. If God was with him, these things would not happen to him. And so people begin to talk this nonsense. That brings great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. And its gates are burned with fire. So they are describing something that had happened. The walls of Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem are the protection of Jerusalem. And sometimes after the storm, you have lost your protection. After the storm, your your protection is gone. After the storm, your covering is gone. After the storm, your walls are broken. After the storm, the thing that will keep you together has been removed. Some people's defense is their money. After the storm, they've lost it. There's no defense anymore. Some people's defense is their friends. After the storm, they've lost it, so they don't have any friends anymore. They don't have any defense. Uh, sometimes some people's defense is their prayer life. But when they went through the storm of COVID, or they went through the storm of marriage, or they went through the storm of business, they even stopped praying. So that protective cover has been broken. After the storm, the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burnt with fire. Your life has been burnt with fire. Your gates that were, the gates of protection, the gates of control, the gates that will stop people from coming in and going away the way they want has been burnt down so you don't have any resistance. You don't have any protection. You don't have any covering. Your wall is gone. Your gates are bent. And that is after the storm, after the storm, after the storm, after you have gone through the storm, these are the things that can happen. And I've met many people who tell me their story of what happened and how they went through this and how they went through that and how they were here and things didn't go well and their business went down. How they were here, things didn't go well and their marriage went down. How they were here, things didn't go well and their structure went down. How they were here, they had plans, they had a business, they had structure, they had taxes that was working to bring them money to build their business. Then one storm drove past and everything went down their transport business went down their car business went down any money that they were expecting to build their project went down and now they are left without walls and they are left without gates after the storm after the storm i met one who says that when the storm hit me i could not rise up again for, so for seven years i couldn't even go to my building site because the thing that i was using who finance the project had been hit by the storm. My life had been shaken by the storm. I have become a reproach to my in-laws. I have become a disappointment to my family. I have become a disappointment even to my spouse. Nobody looked at me and thought that I was a sensible leader of the family. I couldn't speak when my in-laws were there because I have become a reproach. I have become a distressful person and nobody regarded and respected me again. When the storm happens, these are the results that we See, but I came to tell you: you may have gone through the storm. The storm may have gone through your family, the storm may have gone through your finances, the storm may have gone through your business, the storm may have gone through your church. But this is not over, this is not the end of your story, this is the beginning of your story. We are going to start rebuilding, we are going to start setting it up again. We are coming back together. Your business is coming back together your finances coming back together your marriage is coming back together your relationship is coming back together everything that God has said concerning your life is coming back together I came to speak to somebody who has run out of faith who has no faith anymore who has no strength anymore who has no desire anymore rise up a second time rise up a third time rise up a fourth time and get back to rebuilding get back to building again God is here and God can and he will help you to rebuild again that wall that came down will be rebuilt again that marriage that came down will be rebuilt again that business that came down will be rebuilt again that church that came down is going to be rebuilt again I speak over your life that God will give you the grace to become a builder become a rebuilder you will rebuild the walls that went down. Your marriage went down. Your father died and left you. Your mother died and left you. But you rebuild it again. You rebuild it again. They said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. And its gates are burned with fire. His gates are burned with fire. I have seen storms that you cannot imagine. I have seen storms. I have seen storms. I have seen storms. Storms of miscarriage storms of of facial palsy. Storms that you are going to have a child and you have an attack of the enemy and they say if the child is not brought out in the next 30 minutes, you are dying. I have seen storms. I have seen storms. I have seen a storm where somebody said that if this wife is seen by you, you would divorce the woman. I have seen storms. But God, I said, but God, but God came onto the scene and began to turn the situation around and we began to rebuild and see what the Lord has done. I speak over your life. You shall get into the face of rebuilding. You shall receive strength to rebuild. You shall receive power to rebuild. You will rebuild what has been broken down. The storm is over. You may take your seats. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burnt with fire because of the storm. Because of the storm because of the storm because of the attack the babylonian attack the evil attack the wicked attack the attack of the evil one the enemy The enemy came to steal, to kill and to destroy. Any enemy that comes into your life is for killing, is for stealing, is for destruction. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have come that you will rebuild. I have come that you will gain strength. I have come that you will recharge. I have come that you will revive. I have come that you will refire. I have come that you restart. I have come that you will start running again. Give me verse 4. So this was Nehemiah's response to the story. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. I sat down. I wept. I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I sat down. I wept. I mourned for many days. I sat down, wept, mourned for many days. Sat down, wept, mourned for many days. The problem with many of us is that when the situation comes, we don't sit down, we don't weep, and we don't mourn for many days. First thing that you must do after the storm, first thing you must do after the storm, when the storm hits you, the first thing that you do is what Nehemiah did. Sat down, wept, and mourned number one reject the situation the mourning the crying the pain it was to reject the situation I have gone through a divorce but I reject the situation I have gone through a business failure but I reject the situation I have gone through a church breakdown but I reject the situation I have gone through a a health breakdown, but I reject the situation. I don't like it. I don't accept it. I don't receive it. I don't embrace it. Verse 3 and 4 says, he rejected, he sat down, he wept. He wept. You weep when you don't like it. You weep when you don't like it. But most of us, we say that we will adjust to the situation. We will adjust to the situation. We will take it like that. We will embrace the situation. It is something that has happened, so we will receive it like that. But Nehemiah didn't receive it like that. He sat down and wept, saying that this thing is not the right thing. I don't want it. When you don't weep about something, it means you like it. Anything that you like, you cannot change. Anything you embrace, you cannot change. You want to rebuild. Stop embracing what has been unbuilt. Stop embracing what has been broken down. Stop embracing, okay we'll take it like that. My, my marriage is, is, is going bad, but we'll accept it like that. The ministry is going bad, but we'll accept it like that. The people are not singing well, but we'll accept it like that. The business is not working, but we'll accept it like that. My car is not working, but I'll accept it like that. Anything you accept you can't change anything you embrace you can't change anything you love you can't change you can only change the things you resist you can only change the things you reject you can only change the things you hate So the first thing he did was that he sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I don't want this. Lord, this is not the thing that you called me to. This is not how Jerusalem used to be. This is not how my marriage used to be. This is not how my wife used to be. This is not how my children used to be. This is not how my ministry used to be. This is not how things used to be. My finances didn't used to be like that. My job was not like this. Something has gone wrong. My spirituality was not like this. used to pray more. I used to fast more. I used to read the Bible some more. I used to give more alms. I used to listen to your voice more. I used to hear you more. I used to pray more. I used to have more revelations. I used to have more visitations. I used to see you more. Things were not the same as it was. I came God. I don't like it. I reject the situation. I pray that God will give you the strength to reject the situation. Out of the storm. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Don't confirm. Don't comply. Don't take it like it is normal. It is not normal. It is not normal. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Sit down and weep for many days. Sit down and reject it for many days. Sit down and in your heart say that no, 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 no. no this is not my life This is not my marriage this is not my spiritual life me I'm para para. I cannot pray for three hours anymore me I cannot fast anymore me I don't have revelations anymore me God does not speak to me anymore me when God speaks I can't hear anymore this is not my situation before the storm I could hear before the storm I could see before the storm I could sense it before the storm I could feel his presence before the storm I could pray for long hours Before the storm, his presence was nice to me. Before the storm, my business was better. Before the storm, I could say go and they go. And I could say come and they come. Before the storm, when I look into the eye of somebody, there's manifestation. Before the storm, when I speak to somebody, there is conviction. But now after the storm, things are not the same. I am going back. I will not accept this one. I will not confirm. You have confirmed too quickly. You have adjusted too quickly. May God give you the strength to resist it, to reject it. Don't conform. Don't conform. Don't conform. The people who came to tell Nehemiah the story had already conformed. They had been in the situation. They had seen the situation. And they said that, well, this is how it is. The way it is, there's nothing we can do about it. So Nehemiah asked them, what's going on in the place? Well, things are not the same. This one is broken down. The gates have been set on fire. People are distressed. People are hungry, people don't have food to eat, people don't have money to spend, people's marriages are gone, things are not working, but we have accepted it like that. If you are reporting it to somebody the way they reported it, it's a sign that I have adjusted, I have accepted it, I want to take it like that. When somebody says, how are you? Your response tells me that you have confirmed, you have reacted, you have adjusted, you have received it like that. How are you? I am fine. Meanwhile, you have not paid your rent. Meanwhile, your children are wayward. You cannot be fine. You say you are fine, you have confirmed, you have confirmed, and many of us have conformed too quickly. We have confirmed, we have accepted it. That is the norm. This is how we will be. My father never built, so if I cannot build. It's okay. This is how it will be. My family, we are poor. So me, I cannot break out of it. This is how it will be. Before the storm, it was not like that. It was a storm. It was a storm. It was a storm that created the problem. And after the storm, you must rise up again and say, I will not accept what the storm has done. I will not accept what the enemy has done. I will not accept what the devil has done. I will not accept what the world has done. I will not accept it. So the Bible says that he sat down and wept. He sat down and wept. And anybody anybody who sits down and weeps is saying that this thing is not right. This thing is not good. This is not the way it is. This is not the way it must be. I don't want it like this. This is not how I wanted it. This is not how it has always been. God, you are with me better than this. God, you used to listen to me better than this. God, you used to hear my prayer mostly than this. God, you used to touch me more than this. God, you used me in a better way than this. God, you read to me in a better way than this. My business was doing better than this. My marriage was doing better than this. My children were doing better in school than this. Everything about me was better than this. I will not accept this change. The storm has messed me up, but the storm is over now. I cannot allow what the storm has done to become the normal. I resist it. I reject it. I come against it. Your children are going wayward. I am I am okay with it. Your business is crashing. I am okay with it. Your marriage is on rocks. I am okay with this. Things are not going well. Your calling, even your calling, has been threatened. And the enemy says, I will not allow you to preach. I will not allow you to respond to the call of God. I will not allow you to do bus to birth evangelism. I will not allow you to preach anymore. I will not allow you to preach anymore and man of God you have confirmed. you have accepted it because COVID-19 does not allow people to preach COVID-19 does not allow people to work the things of God because God is gone God is gone because of COVID-19 God is gone God has changed because of COVID-19 God is no more God because of COVID-19 since when? since when did COVID-19 become the determinant for God? We will not conform. We will not comply. We will fight against it. We will come against the status quo that they are trying to bring our way in the name of Jesus. Don't accept it. Don't conform. Don't conform. Nehemiah didn't conform. He cried. Let me show you another verse so that you see what I'm talking about. Rejected. Resisted. Show dislike for the situation. First, first Samuel chapter 30 verse 1 Samuel 33. 1 30. Samuel, not 3 John. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire. And their wives, David came, David and his men came to the city. There it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters, they have been taken captive. Everything was gone. Money was gone. Marriage was gone. Business was gone. Things were not the same. Verse 4. The Bible says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. They wept until they had no more power to weep. Look. Weep him. It's a sign of pain, but it's also a sign that I don't want this. I don't want this. This is not normal. This is not how it used to be. There are times you must sit down and weep about your life. Sit down and weep about your situation. Sit down and weep. It's okay, man. It's okay, woman. It's okay for sometimes for you to lock yourself and sit in your room and cry. And say that this is not my life. Because after you have cried and you have shed tears, some strength comes into you that, you know what? I will start again. I will rise up again. I will not remain like this forever. I will not allow my children to see me die like this. I will not allow my husband or wife to see me die like this. My children cannot remember me to be a useless father. My children cannot remember me to be a useless mother. My church cannot remember me to be a useless pastor. My church cannot remember me to be a pastor without faith. My church shall not remember me. So you will rise up and you say that let us rebuild again." Your members should not see you to be a failure. And you sit down and you cry. You cry for some time. After crying for some time, you get up. You cry for some time and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be in pain. It's okay to cry out of pain. It's okay to sit in your house and cry that God. What is this? What is this? So David and his people who were with him, they were all men. The Bible says they lifted up their voices and wept. Because when they came, their marriages were gone. Wives were gone. Business, family, everything was gone. Why would you not cry when things are not working for you? Why would you say that? Ask for me. Ask for me. And you are killing yourself. And, and what is happening to you is that because you don't want to cry, you also don't want to change. I, 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 I will not accept it. I, I'm not in pain. Meanwhile, you are dying. I'm not in pain. I'm not in pain. As for pain, me, 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 a I'm a man. And that is what most men do. And they die before their wives. Because as for me. Check the statistics. You see that a lot of a lot of the times the husbands die before their wives. Even when they live up to 99. They, they go before their wives because we the men we bottle everything I'm a man, I can't handle it I, I don't have to show pain I don't have to show weakness I don't have to show that the thing has hurt me I don't want to show that the thing is worrying me I don't want to show that the thing is choking me I don't want to show it but our wives, they talk they cry they open up and shed their heart. So it is difficult for them to be carrying a lot of pain. By you, Mr. Strongman. But when you see him asleep, you can see a man crying in his sleep. can see how he has quelled himself like a baby. Covered his head. Like a man who has just been born. I won't cry. But they are in pain. So the Bible says Nehemiah. Cried, sat down. Mourned and cried for days. It was in resistance in rejection so the first thing that you do after the storm reject the situation reject the situation resist the situation don't accept it, don't conform some people said during the COVID my business went down so I don't know what I'm going to do, don't conform I'm speaking to you, don't conform after the COVID something happened to me or during the COVID, something happened Or even even when the COVID hadn't come, something happened. My marriage was affected. My business was affected. What do I do? Well, I think that the way the system is, I'm going to find a way of conforming. You have lost it. Don't conform. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. We accept things too quickly. I, I think sometimes it's laziness. We don't want to fight it. We don't want to push it. We don't want to push anything again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's accept it like that. Let's accept it like that. I'm not that type of person. I'm not that type of person. So if you are my child, you cannot be that type of person. If you are a son a son of a lion or the child of a lion, it's a cow. Are you understanding me? Lions don't give birth to uh, monkeys. Lions don't give birth to rabbits. A lion goes to a labor ward, pushes out and then you see a rabbit jumping like this. No. A lion brings out a lion. Are you here? So it's difficult for me to accept that this is how it's going to be. No, this is not how it must be. Something must change and you must resist it. You must reject it. You must stand up one day in your house and say that not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not, I will not accept this situation. I will not conform to this situation. I will not conform to the lack in this house. I will not conform to the confusion in this house. I will not conform to the business that has collapsed. And I will not conform to my spirituality that has gone down. Now, I cannot even wake up and go to church. I can't wake up and pray. I can't. I prefer doing other things to doing the things of God resist it. Reject it. Fight it. Number two. Number two. Back to Nehemiah. Verse four. Nehemiah. Yeah. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. Then after mourning for many days, the next thing he did, I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Number two. Rely on God Rely on God because God can Rely on God Before he called anybody Before he called anybody Before he spoke to any man Before he spoke to any woman Before he spoke to the king Before he started contacting his, his, his Connections Before he started talking to anybody He knew one person that he had to re- respond to He knew one person that he had to bow to He knew one person that he had to speak to And that person was God so he says that I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Rely on God. No matter what you are supposed to be rebuilding, don't start without declaring a season of fasting and prayer. No matter what you are, you are supposed to be rebuilding, whether it is your business, it's your marriage, it's your family, whatever it is, is a church, it's your ministry, it's your calling. It's your finances. Whatever it is that you are going to start rebuilding after the storm. Don't start without declaring a season of prayer and fasting. Don't start without that. Don't start without that. Don't start without God because God can. God can. God can. God can. He can do it. He can do it. He has done it before. He will do it again. God can do it for you. God can do it in today. God can do it in your situation. God can do it. God, can. He has done it for me. No, if you don't, you, you, you may not. You may not believe. You may not believe a lot of the things that are in the Bible because you are not there in the Bible days. But I'm here. No, no, I'm here. You can see me. My life is a testimony. My life is a testimony of what God can do, of what God has done, and the fact that God can. God can. I said God can. No, if I am telling you that God can, believe it. If you read the Bible and you don't understand it, just look at me. I'm telling you that God can because I know where I was and I know the things that I was facing and the things that were facing me. I know the things that I couldn't have done and what I could have done. I know how God took me from somewhere that I could not describe and brought me to a place like this that he's still working on me. If God can come so low and pick me from from that corner and pull me up to this point, and it's still working it on me. Your case cannot be different. God will take you from where you are if only you can rely on Him, rely on God and not on man, rely on God and not on your connections. Let God speak, let God speak, let God speak before you start any rebuilding. Declare a season of prayer and fasting. Declare a season of prayer and fasting. A week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Declare a season of prayer and fasting. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. The man is going to start rebuilding a wall that has been brought down. A city that has been burnt down. Gates that have been destroyed And the first thing he does Is not looking for people that will help him He's not looking for money to do it He's not looking for connection and contact He goes to his knees He settles down and he says that I am fasting and praying You may think it's nonsense You may think it doesn't make sense You may think that this one doesn't make sense How come they are looking for somebody To build the nation We are looking for somebody to build a wall, And instead of getting people To come and start mixing mortality. The man has gone on his knees And he's fasting and praying What sense does it make But if you continue reading You realize that his prayer and fasting Began to pay off And because he involved God Because he relied on God Because he consulted with God Because he worked with God God did not disappoint him. He built the walls in 52 days. Up till today, everybody knows that it's a miracle. Everybody knows that it's a testimony. May your life become a miracle. May your life become a testimony. May your life become a talk of town. May your life become a design that people will look up to because you have relied on God. Your marriage will be a testimony because you are relying on God. Your church will be a testimony because you are relying on God. Your education will be a testimony because you are relying on God. Your business will be a testimony because you are relying on God. Your prayer life will be a testimony because it's connected to the on The one who never ends with his people. Oh Jesus. So when I heard this, I sat down and wept morning for days. I was fasting. And praying before the God of heaven. Continue. Verse 5. You may take your seats. And I said, I pray Lord God of heaven. Oh great and awesome God. You who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you. And observe your commandments. These are the things that he was praying on. He was talking to God. He was talking to God. When you go to the presence of God and you are relying on God. These are the prayers you pray. I just want to show you how to pray in the time of your fasting, in the time of relying on God, in the time of relying on God for strength to rebuild, for wisdom to rebuild, for support to rebuild, for connections to rebuild, for the people to rebuild, for ideas to rebuild. It is with wisdom that a house is built and by understanding everything, the place is full with all good things. I came to tell you, you need God's wisdom to rebuild. When it comes to rebuilding, it's God's wisdom that you need. That's the reason why you don't start talking to men. Don't start talking to men. Don't start crying upon men. Men who don't have anything to offer when it comes to the things of the Spirit. If you talk to a man, talk to somebody who has something to offer when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Not people who just share share points. points. Points that would help you become strong. Motivational speeches they are not bad they are good but you need those ones when you are rebuilding but when you are about to start you don't need motivation you need multi-spirit when you are about to start rebuilding you don't need motivation you need multi-spirit where the spirit will move you where the spirit will direct you where the spirit will shake you Where the spirit will start whispering to you, don't do it this way, do it this way. Don't do it here, do it there. Don't go to this person, go to that person. That is what you need when you're about to rebuild. When you're about to rebuild, you don't need to talk to people who motivate you. Because they themselves, they need motivation. Many people that you are relying upon to motivate you, they need your motivation. The person you are talking to about your marriage, Onwakasa Nawari Ano, so why don't you talk to the spirit why don't you spend time on your knees and on your face in your room in the church on the altar father I call upon you I ask you for help You are the God who answers prayer. You are the God who knows before we spoke. You are the God who knew the beginning from the end. You are the God who knew when the storm was coming. You are the God who understood the storm and the thing that the storm was going to do. You are the God who must have prepared my future after the storm. I come before you. So the young man came and started praying and fasting. Verse 6. Give me verse 6 quickly. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. So the man starts praying and he starts confessing his sins. When you, before you start rebuilding, you must go into a season of fasting and prayer. In the period of your fasting and your prayer, the first thing you should be praying is forgiveness. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. You may not know what you have done, but still confess anyway. The man says that, I, I, he says, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. But there's no that I see him sinning. Which we have sinned. And there's a both my father's house, And I don't know whether his father was alive then. But he has put himself in it. Both my father's house and I have sinned. It's a corporate sin. It's a family sin. It's a corporate mistake. So you approach with humility by asking for forgiveness. Confess your sins for forgiveness. You may never know what you have done. You may never know what you have done. And the Bible says, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you and to, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means that, yes, there are issues that we must deal with. Don't ever approach God and, and, and act as if, as for me, as for me, I'm a very, very, I'm a very pious man. I'm very holy. There's, there's none holy. No, not one. So come humbly. Father, forgive us. Forgive the church. Forgive the family. Forgive me as a head. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me as the as the director. Forgive me as the head of the business. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for mistakes that I made. Forgive me for things that I said. Forgive me for the way I reacted. Forgive me as a husband what I did. Forgive me as a father what I did. Forgive my family. Forgive me. So that's what Nehemiah was doing. He started by asking for forgiveness, confessions, forgiveness forgiveness. Do something for me. Forgive me. Because by asking for forgiveness, you are putting yourself on course one more time. You are bringing yourself in alignment. You are bringing yourself in alignment. Some of us, we have done whatever we have to do. We have never asked for forgiveness before. You remember how you went to see Juju Man? To help your business to help your sakawa to help the things that you were doing the scamming that you were doing have you ever gone to God that I'm sorry forgive me things are not going well you don't understand it go back I said go back go back sit down and remember sit down and rewind go back places you have been things you have said people you have spoken with, things you have accepted without even knowing. People you have slept with without even knowing. Manifestations that have happened in your life without your knowledge. Traps that you have taken without knowing. I'm talking about going back because we are rebuilding. We are rebuilding after the storm. The storm is over. What next? pray according to the word, continue verse 7 continue, continue finishing quickly, continue, continue verse 7 we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments. so he's still confessing his sins the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses verse 8, verse 8 remember I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses so pray according to the word pray according to the word after your confession, now pray the word pray the word remind God of the things that he has said concerning your life. Things that he has said concerning your marriage. Things that he has said concerning your business. Things that he has said concerning your your, your future. Things that he has said concerning your children. That's the time you quote verses. You quote verses. He says, remember I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. So he's reminding God the things that God has said my unfaithfulness will cause the scattering verse 9 but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them though some of you were cast out to the furthest part of the heavens yet I will gather them from there so he's reminding God that you said that when we mess up you will scatter us and it has happened but you said that when we return to you this is the time you quote verses that I And my sons, they are for signs and wonders. So you tell God that you said in the book of Isaiah, that as for me and my sons, we are for signs and wonders. How come I am not seeing the signs and wonders in my son? How come I'm not seeing signs and wonders in my life? How come I'm not seeing signs and wonders in my business? How come I'm not seeing it? Those are the times that you quote verses. So you go to him, confess your sins, and then you open the word and you start talking to him from his word he says but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them though some of you were cast out to the feathers but he's reminding God of what he has said but if you don't have any scripture how what do you remind God with what do you remind God with when you pray what do you remind God with that's the reason why this prayer, it offends and annoys me most of the time. Because you need prayer that is address issues. We have become very lazy Christians. So we don't read the word. We don't get what the Bible says concerning issues and situations. When we come to prayer, as the person is going home, there's nothing that they have prayed about. They have just come to shout. 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 Get some word. In the period of rebuilding. As you are relying on God, you are relying on his word. You are calling him to remembrance of the things that he has said. Go back to verse 8. Let me show you what he said. Go back to verse 8. He says, remember. Verse 8. Go back to verse 8. The same chapter, verse 8 he says remember he's telling God that remember remember remember." I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses how did he know that God commanded his servant Moses something he read it he found it he studied it he asked about it he researched it. How often do Christians who want to rebuild their life not check the word of God? You want to rebuild your marriage? You don't read the word. You want to rebuild your business? You don't read the word. You want to rebuild your spiritual life? You don't read the word. You want to pray for God to hear but you pray without the word. I said, I'm relying on God. I'm relying on him. You are relying on God. How do you rely on God? By the words that he has to say. Remember. remember father remember remember I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying if you are unfaithful I will scatter you among the nations if you're unfaithful I'll scatter you verse 9 but if you return if you return and keep my commandments and do them though some of you were cast out to the furthest part of the heavens yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen I said, dwell for my name. You call upon him with the word. Remind him with his words. Remind him the things that he has said before. The things that he has said to you in a dream. The things that he has said to you in a vision. The, thing, the encounters that you have had. You remind him. Let's move to verse 10. Move to verse 10 quickly. Now these are your servants. So I'm telling you. I've reminded you of the things that you have said. Now these are your servants and your people. Whom you have redeemed by your great power. And by a strong hand. You said it. And this is it. Now what's next? Move to verse 11. Let's continue and finish. quickly. Oh Lord, I pray. Please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now, now, now he started bringing people into it. Before he starts talking to people, he has brought the people before God. But what do we do when we want to rebuild? We go straight to the people. And the people will bounce us. And then now we come back to God. That God, you have not been faithful to me. But you never involved God in the beginning. You went first to the people without allowing God to deal with them. Then when the thing didn't work, you now come back to God. And now you are talking to God. How come? How come I'm going through what I'm going through? You are going through what you are going through because you are carrying the thing by yourself. You can never rebuild if you carry it yourself. Never. I've seen people who have tried to rebuild by their own strength. By your own strength, you cannot prevail. By your own strength, you can't prevail. That's why we call upon God. That's why we ask God. That's why we rely on God. Put God in charge. Put him in charge. Put him in charge. Put him in charge. Don't take it upon yourself. Put him in charge. Tell him that, look, this thing is in your hands. Put him in charge. Put him in charge. And then, finally, on that one, you ask for favor. Pray for favor. That's what, that's what, my daughter Lizzie was saying that when she was leaving the house, she prayed that, Father, grant me favor. Grant me favor. And let somebody help me. Grant me favor. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So he's praying about the king that I'm going to meet this man. Grant me favor. Grant me favor. Grant me favor. Then the third, the the last one. The last one. So the first one was what? Reject the situation. Number two, rely on God. Number three, right now is the right time. Right now is the right time. After you have rejected the situation, after you have relied on God, Most of us ended there. Most of us, we ended there. We have rejected the situation, cried about it, broken down about it, and now we give it all to God. Father, we have put it in your hands. Everything is in your hands. Everything is in your hand. We don't do anything about it again. But Nehemiah went further. He started talking about the man that he has to go and see. I pray, grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer. He started taking action. Right now is the right time. Start taking action. Let your servant prosper this day. That was the prayer he was praying. Let your servant prosper this day. Give me King James. Let your servant, I pray, grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer or let your servant prosper this day I am going to, I am going to do this I pray thee thy servant I pray thee thy servant this day and grant him mercy, so he's talking about this day I want to start now, this day this day give me favor this day give me mercy this day enough of the crying I have rejected it, now I am relying upon you and now I want to take the first step, give me mercy this day give me favor this day don't give me favor in two weeks time Now, I want to start. I want to start. The right time to start is now. When you walk out of this place, the right time to start working on your business is now. The right time to start working on your spirituality is now. The right time to start working on your family is now. The right time to start working on your marriage is now. Don't say that I want to do it next week. I want to do it in two weeks' time. I want to do it when I pass my exam. I want to do it when I do this. It is now now, now I've seen people that God has given them opportunity and instead of taking the step now, they say "Ah, I want to wait for the right time the right time is right now the right time is right now the right time to say I want to marry you is now, the right time to say I want to buy the land is now, the right time to say I want to start the business is now the right time to say I want to start an RCF in my house is now. The right time to say, I want to fast for seven days is now. The right time to say, I want to go into something is now. The right time to say, I want to marry is now. The right time to say, I want to become a billionaire is now. The right time to move is now. The right time is now. He says, This day, this day, this day, I pray thee, thy servant, this day. Grant him mercy. Grant him mercy. I'm going to see the king today. Grant me mercy. That's exactly what he was saying. I'm going to see the king today. Grant me mercy. After all the prayer, now I want to go. Grant me mercy as I go. Grant me mercy as I go. After all the information you have got, now you want to move. Grant me mercy as I go. Don't sit down with the information. Don't sit down with the prayer. Don't sit down after we have rejected it. Don't sit down after you have prayed about it. After you have confessed your sins. After you have put God in charge. Don't sit down. Say to yourself, I'm going now. Grant me mercy. I'm going now. Grant me favor. I'm going now. Grant me your strength. I'm going now. Help me. That's what Nehemiah did. I'm going now. I'm going now. I'm going now. Right now is the right time. The right time is not tomorrow. The right time is not next week. The right time is not three weeks time. Don't wait any longer. Start now. After rejecting in tears, relying on God for his assistance, you don't want to continue sitting around. Some of us stop at relying on God but we don't move further. We stop at that point. We don't move further. We don't go any further. We rely on God. We need to walk. Me show me show na bi biya de ye You would be looking unto God for a very long time. Many dauso, many dauso, many dauso. Yes we. Minyo biara ka oh. Many dauso. Have you not seen that we near Daneso? Nothing is moving. Ma wenin Daneso, but don't stand there and then just be looking. Move as you are watching. Pray as you are watching. Move. but Move, Don't say that I am, I am waiting upon the Lord. How do you wait upon the Lord? By sleeping. If you have prayed for a job, move. You have prayed for land, move. You have prayed for more souls, move. You have prayed for anointing, move. You have prayed for money, move. You have prayed for business, move. You are praying to build your church, move. You are praying to start your ministry, move. Don't just pray. I am relying on you. He is telling you that right time is right now. Or right now is right time. And I pray that as many as I hear in my voice this morning will begin their journey to rebuilding their life. Your journey to rebuild your business. Your journey to rebuild your ministry. Your journey to rebuild your marriage. And as you journey on this world, may God be by your side, sustain you, strengthen you, cause his face to shine upon you, and cause his great manifestations to take place in your life. In the name of Jesus, stand to your feet and let us pray. Stand to your feet and let us pray. Just pray for yourself that, Father, this word is my word. This word is my word. This word is my word. This message is mine. 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 mine. I have conformed for too long. I want to change now. I want to change now. I will not accept the status quo. I will not accept the way it is. I will not take it like that. I will not take it the way men say it must be. You spoke to me about something, and that is how I want to see it. My marriage must be glorious than this. My ministry must be more glorious than this. My my, my financial life must be more glorious than this. My children must be more glorious than this. Everything around me must be better than this. Things have not gone the way I expected it to go. But I have confirmed today. I rise up in my spirit and reject it. Today I rise up in my spirit. And resisted today. I rise up in my spirit and I come against it. I have holy anger against this situation this situation of lack, this situation of poverty, this situation of marital breakdown, this situation of distress. Hey, I want it no more. I will accept it no more. I will live with it no more. And Father, this morning I want to rely on you. This morning I want to rely on you. This morning I want to rely on you. This morning I I call upon you and as I make my next move oh God I ask that you give me favor I ask that you give me mercy I ask that you favor me to man in the presence of men. give me favor in the presence of men. give me favor in the presence of men. give me favor as I move to do what you have called me to do favor me favor me favor me and let it work in the name of Jesus hey. me. thank
1: Thank you for listening to Pastor Emmanuel methel We hope you were blessed by the message. Worship with us at the Rohi Church in Community 22, Tema. Every Sunday from 7.30 to 9.30 for the tree service and 10.30 to 12.30 for the English service. We have Bible studies from 9.45 to 10.30 a.m. Tuesday empowerment service is from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Download the Rohi Church app on Google Play and App Store for more life-transforming messages. Follow Pastor Emmanuel Methul and... And the rohi church on facebook instagram and twitter call us on 0204-336-002 for counseling and inquiry rohi church loving god making disciples and evading globally god bless you this message is brought to you by hot jobs africa limited ghana's number one hr firm looking for quality staff looking for a job contact us on 0204-336-009 think hr think hot jobs africa